I had myself looking you all. Oh my goodness, I don't even think I put this on here. Let's fix it. Can I fix it? I want to fix it, you all. Let me change that. I am so late doing this. I really am. Let me do it. Let me put this on here, Gina. Can you save it? I'm going to save it. I am. All right. That's not good. I have, um, <laughs> this is, no, I didn't do it. I did do it. Push that button before it was time to push it, you all. That's what I did. Let me put this up here underground. Thing about the aliens is what it is. Where the reptilians, they got the coal miners is what happened. And I do want to read a little bit on that. Let me come over to the channel. Okay, we got it. We got the reptilians again, you all. They're a very popular species on Earth, a really popular, popular species. And uh, it's okay. We can read about the reptilians because there's a lot of them. Hello, everyone. Thank you for those hearts flying up the screen. I really love it that this has hearts that can fly up the screen now. It's really nice. It really is nice. Um, let me come over here. I haven't turned all this stuff on yet, you all. I think I can do it. I will do it. So, welcome. Let me come over here. And I'm going to get right down to it. I am. What on earth? The subterranean. Let's look at this, you all. Subterranean reptilians killed 15 coal miners. It was a declassified document that revealed shocking intel. Now, let me come right here. You can see the date, May the 10th of 2022. How we doing over here? We doing all right? Yes, we are. That's perfect. Legends of reptilian humanoids have existed for centuries and span nearly every continent on the planet. Ancient cultures that had no contact or communication with one another describe and depict eerily similar entities. The Hopi Native Americans speak of Reverend Snake Brothers. Hello there, T honey. Who live in underground cities. Aboriginal creation mythology chronicle Ningintaka, a colossal parenty lizard. Asian mythology connects royal bloodlines. Wow, to a race of powerful dragons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about these underground subterranean reptilian beings that are not supposed to exist, but there's a whole lot of information out there about these reptilians for something that is not supposed to exist, really. And uh, Vedic scriptures, reference of the Naga as a shape-shifting serpentine breed. The Zulu shamans believe the world is controlled by the Chitauri. Never heard of that. A sinister Saurian force. While many skeptics dismiss such accounts as mere fables, others insist the enigmatic species truly exists. A particular notable proponent happens to be an esteemed federal agency. I'm going to look at this Chitauri. I have never heard of this before. Who are the Chitauri? What do I... 
you all, I don't know what this thing is doing. I just want to type in Chitauri. That's it. Just a little bitty word. But I don't know if it's going to let me type it in without. Can you see the search engine? This thing right here, it's pulling up everything. It's got a copyright C on it. That's really strange, the Chitauri. Uh, what is the, let's look at the Chitauri marble. All right, we want to see who the Chitauri are. Well, let's see. Oh, they're reptilians. You know who that crown looks like? It looks like on the Lord of the Rings, doesn't it, you all? You know how they say Chitauri? Not Atari, but Chitauri? Saurian. So, Saurian Force. If we come over here and look at the word Saurian, you know what it reminds me of? Sauron and Saruman. One was the Dark Lord. Sinister Dark Lord. And I guess you could say it would be this. Just take out a letter or two and you'll have Sauron and Saruman. That's what I think. Hello there, Applebrooks, honey. Hello, Mickey Connors, honey. Yes, we're hybrids. We are hybrids on this earth. We might be. Um, an extraordinary declassified document. Look at those tunnels. You, I would not want to walk in those tunnels whatsoever. I wouldn't. I would stay far, far away from them. An extraordinary declassified document. In 2008, an intriguing file was declassified by the British Ministry of Defense titled The Unidentified Flying Objects Correspondence. The report contains detailed information regarding ufology. Buried within the 318 document is a lengthy chapter labeled The Mystery of Iniquity Exposed, The Reality of the Serpent Race and the Subterranean Origins of UFOs. Several astonishing first-hand encounters are described in great detail. One exceptionally terrifying ordeal took place in the blue-collar town of Dixonville, Pennsylvania. Well, you know what we got to do. We've got to go um, pull up Dixonville, Pennsylvania, because this is where this uh, something happened. We got to come over here and pull up Google Earth. We want to see where that's located, because if you live near Dixonville, Pennsylvania... Well, you may not know about this. You really may not. I've never heard of it before because I don't live in Pennsylvania. But we're pulling it up. Pause. You right there. You stay right there. You are. We're going to bring up Dixonville, Pennsylvania. And No, you see what this does? Every time I do this, this is going to pull up everything in the Google thing. It puts a, this, I'm telling you what, um, The internet is being updated continually. We're going straight to Dixonville, Pennsylvania, where reptilians are. Boom. Well, that's interesting. Let's put a thing on here for the reptilians. Reptilian coal mine. Reptilian coal mine. There, yeah, I just do it like that, you all. I can do it. So we got the reptilian coal mine right here in Dixonville, Pennsylvania. So lots of grassy area and farmland now. There was lots of trees, probably a lot of, um, I don't know, forests before they defortized it. The Order of the Moose. Let's see what else is there. We got an Order of the Moose. Um, 
Orthodox, Repair, BG, BG something, you all, Coal Mine, there it is. Oh, that that's what I put, the Reptilian <laughs> Coal Mine. Okay, Gina, you put the Reptilian Coal Mine there. Okay, I can do it, you all. I did do it. That's okay. Let's come back right here. And um, let's go back to this. In the early 1940s, two mining inspectors received a frantic call about a collapsed shaft. They rushed to the accident site where 15 coal miners were now helplessly trapped. However, what transpired during the rescue mission would haunt both men for the rest of their lives. So um, if you're just tuning in, this is story time with Gina. We're reading about these underground reptilians. It was a declassified document that told about it. Hostile, so we're, they're considered hostile right now in this depiction of them. Upon descending into the inner earth's dark abyss, the first responders notice a broken beam surrounded by falling rocks and rubble. Laying atop the scattered debris was a lifeless body. Investigators were perplexed by a peculiar arrangement. A cave-in in this size would not be large enough to kill somebody. Closer inspection of the victim revealed horrifying anomalies. Oh, wow, you, are, you may not want to hear this because it's talking about the reptilian claws and what it did to this human being. Um, but we, 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 don't, we, don't have no, we don't have no graphic graph visuals, but it's got descriptive words. His skin was lacerated with claw-like marks from an unknown predator. As recovery officers cautiously continued exploring, more corpses were soon surfaced. The deceased coilers possessed identic identical gruesome injuries. All had succumbed to these inexplicable wounds. Despite, thank you, Justice, despite scouring the clandestine labyrinth, Several miners were still missing. Additional personnel joined the search party in hopes of retrieving potential survivors. Wow. This is in Pennsylvania, you all. If you live in Pennsylvania, Dixonville, oh, we're going to, yeah, you may feel some energy there. You really might. Huh. They meticulously combed the sprawling tunnel system, yet no additional prospectors were uncovered. With each passing hour, crew members began losing hope of finding anyone alive. Despite plummeting morale, the two original inspectors continued their quest. They eventually stumbled upon a mysterious passage within the cavernous lair. You see how they're describing it? A cavernous lair where something dwells. After traveling half a mile, an audible rumbling echoed throughout the grotto. A sporadic cave-in left the duel inescapably cornered. Nearby staff heard a thunderous crash and rushed to assist the dredgers. Suddenly, one of the claustrophobic men felt hot breath on his neck. Panic seized his veins, and he was completely paralyzed in fear. Simultaneously, excavators dug feverishly in an attempt to freeze 
the desperate pair. Together, the team bored through the dense gravel and reached their distressed colleagues. The man's partner observed what was standing behind his companion, and he saw an enormous scaled creature running away, and he exclaimed in horror that that thing was not of this world. What is this going to do? Oh, this is a PDF, you all. The Black Vault. You see this? It's from the Black Vault National Archives. The Black Vault. You are encouraged to forward this document to your friends, but please keep this identifying image at the top of the PDF. Okay. We are encouraged to forward this to our friends. So, boom, the black vault. There we go. We got it. It has a big A, and you can see it, right? Sweating up here, you all. It's okay. We can sweat. We can sweat. Wow, I didn't never heard of the black vault. Look at that. Restricted Ministry of Defense. Um, I don't know what this stuff is disposal schedule i've never looked at any of this black vault i don't even know what it's about sealed air incident okay so y'all can look at the black vault there we go this has got the reptilians right there and this is the thing this was the document 2016. so this happened we got 1997 excuse me, and um, 1990, date opened, and then you got a 2016, okay, due to the nature of this incident, it remained classified for nearly 40 years, on July the 14th of 1974, a regional newspaper published an article about the subterranean massacre, stranger still, numerous eyewitnesses have experienced similar confrontations for decades, during the 90s, a former government contractor turned whistleblower publicly revealed shocking intel. He stated that deep underground military bases around the globe house the reptilian extraterrestrials. According to the high-ranking insider, these beings are incredibly hostile and they consume humans for sustenance. Each year, Thousands of people go missing without a trace, often under baffling circumstances. Might it be possible that a nefarious race is covertly dwelling in the shadows? Given the recent surge of disclosure and increasingly blatant agenda, society may one day learn the truth about these elusive cryptids. Look at that, elusive cryptids. Do you see what this is? There's 96 thoughts on it. They've been re researching for over, look at this. Oh, they are not aliens though. Oh, you all, he's a Montauk monster. I don't know what a Montauk monster is, you all, but this is, um, this was the reptilians. They got them in the coal mine. <coughs> Excuse me. This is going to be a short story time with Gina tonight, you all. It is. So, um, it's only 15 minutes long. That's great. It is great. No, it's not, Gina. We came on here for a longer video. You can do a longer video. Yeah, I could. That's right. But I didn't pull any up. 
I didn't. Um, I didn't pull any more up, you all. I didn't. So um, I am going to go. I am. So with that being said, thank you all for tuning in. And um, you may not believe that reptilians exist, but you can see shape-shifting, shape-shifting reptilians. Um, people have seen them on the TV. They've seen them in person. And the reptilians, they're, they're really talked about a lot. And they've got big claws. And why would they hide something? Why would they seal up something for 40 years? Why would they do it unless they're hiding something and out of sight, out of mind? They don't want people to know that they exist. You're probably going to see them walking without their cloaking technology one day. You probably see them walking amongst us, and it's going to, men's heart will fail them. That's what it says. So I'm going to go, and they are in the tunnels underground, and I'm sure they come to the surface. Yeah. So, um, hello, wherever you are in any part of the world, hello, from my heart to yours, love you, have a wonderful rest of your evening, and thank you, Apple Brooks, honey, thank you to all the members on here, thank you for those hearts flying up the screen, they're like hearts, I do, um, have a wonderful evening, everyone, good night. I think we made it, we made it just in time. I think, did I push that button? I think I did push that button. We got it. Jeannie, your head's about cut off. I'm, I've got to fix my head, you all. I really do. I've got to turn on my laptop because we're looking at um, the G7 flying saucer. Let's come over here and put this in the podcast that it belongs in. Oh, it's already there. It's perfect. It is absolutely perfect. I can be here, I can be heard. We got it, we got it you all. It's my head cut off. It looks great, it looks great. Gina, honey, what are you gonna talk about? I'm gonna talk about this flying saucer in Germany. Let me get my socks off because I'm gonna get hot. I'm already getting hot and it's okay. All right, so Look at those round circles on the bottom of that flying saucer. Do you think that when it lands, would it put indents in the ground? Like circles in the ground? Because isn't there like something that shows that in some of the pictures? Things like that in the ground. I'm trying to get myself over here on this uh, laptop. Okay, I got, I got myself over here, you all. I did. We got it. Boom. Let me fix this. Hello, everyone. Hello there, Susan B. Honey, Applebrook's Honey. Hello, everyone. Let me, let me skip this right here. So I haven't heard of this before. You might have heard of it before, but it looks really interesting. Now, how are we doing with the sound? We've got it. We got it going. We do. All right. Look at this. This is a story. This is World War II. This comes from World War, War II, if you're just tuning in. Let me, let me show you this. And it was written today. Look at this. 
home military, Germany's maddening V-7 flying saucer in World War II. So if you are just now tuning in, we're going to read about this. Um, I didn't really, I knew that they were working on flying saucers. I did. But I've never really actually read about it. You know, we hear a lot of hearsay that he made a plan. He got with the extraterrestrials and things like that. I wonder if he really had the aliens working with him, if, if there was any record of them being seen. See, that's the thing. So let's come over here. Paranormal investigative team. Hello. Boom. We've, we got it now, you all. Boom. We got it. Let's come up. Okay, Gina, we're going to get to reading. Yes, we are, you all. Uncover the V-7 flying saucer that the Germans made the Allies crazy during World War II. It is said that when the flying saucer developed at that time was just applied, the former Soviet Union thought it was a UFO. And even though the UFO incident in the United States had the extensive existence of this disc aircraft. That doesn't make sense. Let me, let me read this again. Uncover the V-7 flying saucer that the Germans made the Allies crazy during World War II. It is said that when the flying saucer developed at the time, was just applied, the former Soviet Union thought it was a UFO. And even though the UFO incident in the United States had the existence of this disc aircraft, this is one of Adolf Hitler's dream weapons. And he once expected this new type of weapon to dominate the sky? This was really supposed to be a weapon? I've never heard of that before. Have you? Hello, my, uh, Michelle. That it was a weapon. Hello, um, Justice. Hello, Susan. Blackjack Gator. A weapon. Okay, we can, we can continue. Just get to reading it. I can do it. I will do it. I'm going to do it. In terms of appearance, the German V-7 flying saucer really looked too much like a flying saucer. This is the proud work of Hitler, the Nazi devil of world war. Well, they, they called him out, you all, the Nazi devil of the world war. He has said more than once that he will rely on these new weapons to rule the sky. It is an unmanned dish interceptor that uses rocket power to fly. This air weapon is mainly used to destroy the electronic equipment such as the aircraft engine and radar of the Allied bomber so that so as to destroy the Allied aircraft. Hmm. I've never heard it referred to as um, a weapon. I've always thought it was a flying saucer. Then how did the flying saucer, like, come into existence, really, if that was supposed to be a weapon? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It looks really neat, kind of, sort of. 
It does. Let's look at it. Between November 1944 and April of 1945, the V-7 flying saucer was launched into the air 415 times. Later, these flying saucers were evolved and improved at the Zeppelin Aircraft Factory, and they were named the Kugelblitz V-7. The flying saucer often flew to the vicinity of the Allied bomber suddenly and quickly. Purpose. However, this new type of Wetton did not use the German V-7 flying saucer in World War II. In fact, these advanced machines and technologies cannot replace the role of the conventional weapons in war until now. Ordinary military weapons in World War II are still, there are positions that new weapons cannot replace. Although the B-7 flying saucers have incredible speed at range, they still cannot replace the super combat role of high-performance fighter jets, and it is not practical to install light machine guns and cannons on V-7 flying saucers. I'm really, I'm really wondering about this. I really am. How, if they've got flying saucers, and they were just supposed to have weapons on them that's strange it really is strange hitler that's strange it really is strange hitler was so confident that his wonder weapon would take over the skies in the future he even invented the Italian dictator. Oh, he invited the Italian dictator Mussolini. Y'all, if you haven't seen Mussolini, let's see Mussolini. He was in doubt a dictator. Let's pull up Mussolini. Just because we can pull up Mussolini. Benito Mussolini was an Italian dictator, dictator and journalist who founded and led the National Fascist Party. He was the Prime Minister of Italy from the March on Rome in 1922 until his deposition in 1943, as well as deuce of Italian fascism from the establishment of the Italian fascists of combat in 1919 until his summary execution, 1945, by Italian partisans. Oh, he was a fascist. Okay, we got it. We just read about him and Hitler. Then those two were in it together. Okay, he had a friend. He had a comrade. Um, he invited him to visit the soap Skoda factory in Prague in 1944 to see these German V-7 flying saucers. Also accompanied by senior weapons technical advisor Luigi Romisa. Luigi Maurice Lumisa. Luigi said it was a very strange thing, round with a cockpit made of plexiglass in the middle and surrounded by jet engines. Mm, let's let's pull him up. I want to know what he looks like too. Oh, I, di I didn't I didn't type him in here. Let me pull him up. 
I wanted to copy him and put him in here. I want to see who he is. Never heard of him, but I'd like to hear of him. Oh, he just was an Italian journalist and writer who worked as a war correspondent during the Second World War. He was probably the only Italian to enter the USA Army base, missile base, during the Cold War. He was a friend of Werner von Braun, best known for his essays. So there he is right there. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, Gina, I thought you're reading about foreign. Uh, thought you're reading about flying sausages. Looking up um, Mussolini and Luigi Romessa. I am. I'm reading about them. I am. Although Hitler was very proud of the German V7 flying saucer developed by German scientists, these new weapons were never used on the battlefield because the Nazis were destroyed by the Allies soon after. The German regime was attacked and Hitler's imperial dream was shattered. Except for the German V7 UFO design material in the mind of UFO designer Andreas Epp. All about UFOs. The blueprints were destroyed before the Soviet army entered Prague. The dying German scientists destroyed all the inventions of the Nazi scientists. Do you think they destroyed all the inventions of the Nazi scientists? I really don't think they did. I don't. But since we got that on there, you all, let's look at Hitler's flying saucers. Let's just pull that up. Hitler's flying saucers. Hitler's flying saucers and aliens, because we can look it up. I'm sure they're going to have something on it. <laughs> we already found something on it. You are going to go right here. Look at this. Let's pull up this anomaly in Hitler's flying saucer crash. He crashed his flying saucer. You all didn't like it. And his mustache. Yeah, this was from the 21st. If you're just tuning in, we're doing it. Ten years before the alien craft crashed onto the rancher Mac Brazel's property near Roswell, New Mexico, a flying saucer lost control and crashed onto the countryside of Nazi Germany. Hmm. So now the aliens are going to step into here. And I guess this is where it says he's got his stuff from the aliens. The incredible story covered up by both the U.S. and USSR for more than 70 years is allegedly the actual basis for the Nazis' intense research into wingless disc aircraft. Hitler's and Himmler's near obsession with exotic technology and flying saucers and incredible experiences, experiments by the SS physicists that accumulated with flying saucers and the bell, a bizarre multi-dimensional motor that neutralized gravity and ripped a gash into the very fabric of time-space continuum, creating incredible and horrific effects. How is that possible that he created a flying saucer with a bell that had a bizarre multi-dimensional motor that neutralized gravity and ripped 
the very fabric of time-space continuum. That really is wild. It's really wild. The Third Reich's flying saucer. Well, they said that we're going to see the Fourth Reich, and you know, it, it very well could be rising in 1937 as Nazi Germany was rising from the ashes of the old German Republic and becoming the world's first real superpower. An incredible thing happened. The aliens crashed their distress craft into the German countryside. So that's before the Roswell incident. Isn't that interesting? The Secret Treaty, the United States Government and Extraterrestrial Entities by Richard K. Wilson. The German army was there to pick up the pieces and no record exists, however, indicating whether any bodies were also retrieved. When the word of the crash disc made its way back to the German high command and the report landed on the Fuhrer's desk, he immediately ordered elements of the Luftwaffe and Germany's top aeronomical experts to sift through the remains. Ostensibly, the damaged saucer was moved into a warehouse facility under a 24-hour guard near the Rhine. Some parts were also flown to a facility near the Austrian border. So how many people have spent time in Germany, really? And um, do we have anybody on this live stream that, that lives in Germany? Because really, there is there really is a rich history in Germany, and some of it may not be too pleasant. Uh, I was in Berlin at the Brandenburg, and my husband worked at Tempelhof Central Airport. And underneath the airport, there was these tunnels, and um, they would go down inside these tunnels, and they put on their listening devices because he was a German linguist. He went to school to learn German and spy on the east. Germans until the wall came down and then he we got out of Germany. Hello everyone. That's right. We can do it. We we are doing it, you all. So it, it's really interesting to be in places where history took place, historical things. Look at that. Allegedly members of the teams that worked on the advanced alien technology were from the Luftwaffe, the spear Ministry of Arms, headed by Albert Speer, and the Formal Research Council, the Reichsforschnagrat, composed of university professors and industrial engineers. Your family grew up there, evolving, Sylvia? That's wonderful. It is. The teams were assembled to reverse engineer what was salvaged among the experts, and they called upon... They called upon Horton Brothers, who later designed and tested the revolutionary flying wing aircraft and the world's first stealth jet fighter bomber. Some of the resulting technology may have been gleaned from its intense study of the alien craft, through, although it cannot be proven. Later, the expertise of Victor Schwaberger was tapped. He was the inventor of the revolutionary imploder motor that created an imploding vortex. What is an imploding vortex? I want to see what that is. I'd like to get a visual of an imploding vortex, if we could get one. Oh, so 
Oh, okay. This would be kind of like a imploding vortex. Well, isn't that what CERN does? It kind of like swirls around or something like that, swirling. Wow. Well, I can't really see it because these aren't really science, but that's okay, you all. Gina, get back to the thing. I'm going to get back to the article, you all. I just wanted to look at it. I did. The motor may have been the basis for later SX experiments in Poland with the notorious Glock Bell device that reportedly created interdimensional rifts. So they made interdimensional rifts, you all. Look at this. The Glock Bell device that reportedly created an interdimensional rift in space-time. The SS Brotherhood of the Bell, the Nazis' incredible secret technology. The Italian researcher Renato Vesco, in his classic and well-researched book, Intercept, But Don't Shoot, the true story of the flying saucers, assert that the Nazis were working on many advanced propulsion systems and rudimentary anti-gravity devices to power their disc shape or lenticular aircraft. Wow, look at that. That's really interesting. Alien craft spurred Germans engineering efforts. Although vastly influenced by the capture of an actual disk, research into circular aircraft had been going on as far back as the experiments in Italy before 1920 with crude jets attached to aerodynamic disks. The ET craft served to advance the propulsion, electronics, and provided clues to workable designs, but the scientists were at a loss regarding the metallurgy. As the craft was composed of materials unknown to them and impossible to duplicate in the lab. Some of Germany's most advanced theoretical engineers and physicists were personally tasked by Hitler to get technology working and make it available for the war effort. In that regard, geniuses like Balanzo, Habermol, Meiss, and Shrevere were recruited. These are really, um, I know this is kind of dry reading, you all. This is more like a documentary, but it's just kind of interesting. Documents captured by the Allies during the war ended, after the war ended, indicate that Shriver was the first to have some success with the disc technology. His own research, augmented by what had been deduced from the retrieved saucer enabled him to build a working craft powered by specially designed jet engines. The craft, however, was unstable. The first two versions ended in disastrous crashes killing the test pallets. Man-made UFOs, 1944-1994, 50 years of suppression by Renato Vesco. So, 1994 so they've been making these ufos you all all this time thank you for those hearts flying up the screen look at that that's pretty interesting do you think these are actual photos of the flying saucers 
What if these are still in the sky today? I mean, with even with a lot more advanced technology than what we're seeing right here. Is this di disclosure? Yeah, we can see it. Although the Nazi engineers and scientists built their first experimental saucers from light steel or heavy aluminum, the steel steel proved too heavy and the aluminum too soft and not tough enough to withstand the stress subjected to it when molded into a lens-shaped craft. Frustrated scientists finally gave up trying to unravel the mystery of the alien metal and succeeded in creating their own version with an alloy of aluminum and magnesium in 1944. The new alloy was exactly what they needed to design bigger and better craft. The metal was light, yet more durable than the simple aluminum. Hitler pressed the engineers onward with greater frenzy. Germany was now suffering nightly bombing raids and factories across the country had been moved to the gigantic underground facilities. Wow. Now we know that Germany had gigantic underground facilities. The aircraft production lines were being hampered and destroyed by the rocket facility run by the Werner von Braun at Pinemund and was not back up to full capacity after being bombed in 1943. Um, it might be real pictures. It could be. It really could be. Slave laborers, mostly the Slavic, were pressed into service to produce the V-2 rockets, advanced aircraft, synthetic fuel, high explosive, and incredible remote-controlled flying saucers. So now we got, I didn't know they had synthetic fuel back then. I mean, we got, um, we have synthetic oil, but I've never really heard of synthetic fuel. I, I really wouldn't know if we have, um, cars that are running on synthetic fuel have you heard of synthetic fuel you all we've heard of the synthetic oil most cars nowadays have the synthetic oil the fourth reich yeah i yeah i think i have a book on the fourth reich or had one i probably got rid of it um yeah synthetic fuel we got it Let's look at this. The astounding Nazi Kugelblitz. According to the documents and the testimony of the surviving Polish slave laborers, the Germans actually created an assembly line to manufacture a flying disc weapon called the Kugelblitz, the ball lightning. The Allied pilots called them the Foo Fighters. Oh, wow. So now we heard of the Foo Fighters. I've heard of the Foo Fighters, but I didn't know what a Foo Fighter was. Let's see if we can pull up an image of the Foo Fighter. I thought it was just like something they made up. Well, this, no, this is people. Foo Fighter flying saucers. Foo Fighter Germany. G-E-R-M-A-N-Y. I don't want to see people on here. I want to see Germany's Foo Fighters. Okay. Where, okay, they're flying, they're, what are they? Um, thank you, uh, Sandra Strain. Look at this. So I guess this Foo Fighters would be the flying saucers. And they look like they appear to be like little orb-like things. Or 
I'm trying to look at this. It's um, it looks like it looks like there are lights. Is what it looks like, like lights in the sky. I wonder if it is lights in the sky. I can't really find any exposing the reality of the UFO. The Foo Fighter descends and gives. Wait, that looks like it's glowing in the dark. Orange. They must have been remote controlled. They must have been. Okay. Remote controlled. A Foo Fighter in the background. It looks like a disc. The Kugelblitz was the first real flying saucer ever manufactured by any nation on Earth. Several of the tests were secretly attended by Hitler and his SS chief, Heinrich, Heinrich Himmler. According to captured documents, the radio-controlled craft were made in the underground factories at Thuringia. Thuringia. Let's go to Thuringia. Yeah, let's go to Thuringia on the Google Earth to see where this underground place is. Thuringia. I'm going to pull up Thuringia. Let's come over to this. Thuringia. we got to wait for it to come up. Thuringia, Germany. I'm going to stop it right here. I want to see underground factories in Thuringia. Uh, I guess I would say Germany if it's in Germany. Oh, we got it. Here we're going to Thuringia, Germany. We're taking a little trip over here. So deep underground in this area is... Uh, there's the Weimar Republic. Our tunnels, way underground. Let's bring this thing back. This is the present day map of it. I wonder what it was way back then. Let's move, oopsie. Let's move this thing to probably back to 1984. That's, that's all it was, underground. You would never know it, because you can't see above ground. Okay, that's in Germany. Ray right over here. Boom. Right there. Well, wow, that's way over there. I didn't know the reptilians were over there, but they probably were over there. Okay, we, we got it. Y'all be going back to it. The craft varied in size from 10 to 15 feet across. Reportedly, they were amazingly maneuverable, and they were able to achieve speeds of more than 1,250 miles per hour. That's really fast. They emitted a strong electrostatic field designed to disrupt the electrical circuits of conventional aircraft, causing enemies' planes to falter, dive, and crash. Isn't that interesting? It really is. Other saucers. Prototypes of the other saucers were designed and engineering mock-ups were made. Some made it as far as the wind tunnel tests. A few discrafts, other than Shriver's early attempts, were constructed and flown. About 18 months before Germany surrendered, Hitler pinned his hopes and those of Germany on the incredible potential of a mind-boggling array of super weapons. The greatest of the weapons were his new class of vengeant weapons. Okay, so we have the word vengeance. The old V weapons reminds me of the Viril, V for Viril, and the Viril is supposed to be underground. Were the Viril ever, um, 
do, do the Vareel have a connection with Hitler? Now this is now this get me thinking. Do the Vareel, the Vareel, the Vareel, the Vareel, and Hitler? Okay, let's go. Okay, the coming of the power race. We know that he wanted a super race, isn't that right? He did. 50 years of conspiracy, the Nazis and the Vareel Society, the Thule Society, Black Hitler and the Nazis after the war. And uh, he theorized the impatience, occultists, and stuff like this. Um, the power of the coming race. So we've done a, some videos on the Vareel. It's a, sub, a superior subterranean master race and the energy form called the Vareel, the name of which is shortened. The Vareel. They want us. Look at that. That's really interesting. Okay, Gina, we're talking about Hitler. We are. We're talking about him. Do I like him? No. Don't like him. He's probably reincarnate walking on the earth. Okay. The old V weapons were the rocket plane, V1, and inner intracontinental missiles, V2. Hitler's dream envisioned the world's first cruise missile, a V3 suborbitable intercontinental hypersonic rocket capable of hitting New York and Washington. You mean to tell me that he can launch a hypersonic rocket? <laughs> Not from Germany, New York and Washington, maybe, how could that, could, does that make sense that he could launch a hypersonic rocket that far? Or maybe it was like on a boat or something like that to launch something like that? That is, that is just, that's mind boggling you all, it really is. Capable of hitting New York and Washington. How would you launch a cruise missile? Well, Germany's so far away. Because we were just in Germany. We were in Germany over here. And in order to launch a missile from over here, well, it's got to go got to go across the country it's got to cross it's got to go across the ocean it, he could get it over here on this side i don't know how on earth it could happen you i have no idea how they could launch a, a missile that far if it was something like that um now let's look at this and then there were flying saucers ss reichsfuhrer himmler recommended the SS Gruppenführer Hans Kammler to head the saucer projects and save the fatherland. So Hitler agreed. Undoubtedly, Germany's superpowers, super weapons, specifically those that were perfecting in the closing months of the war, would have defeated the Allies and helped Germany conquer and rule the Western Eastern Europe suppress the Russians, and keep America neutered, even with the new atomic weapon that the U.S. had developed. But the Germans ran out of time. 
Some argued that no matter what the Nazis had, they could not have staved off American atomic attacks. Yet evidence exists that in the final weeks of the war, the Germans successfully detonated their own low-yield atomic bomb and that coupled with the stealth aircraft, the imploder vortex motor, advanced television bombs, the hypersonic V-3 America bomb, and flying saucer fighters ostensibly augmented with harvested alien technology would have sealed the fate of the Nazis' enemies. And perhaps Adolf Hitler would have attained his twisted dream of a thousand-year Reich. Wow, a thousand-year Reich. Would that be a fourth Reich, you all? Gina, we're not supposed to be talking. Are you talking about flying saucers? Well, I, I know I've never heard of a thousand-year Reich. And we got Mussolini. I don't know. The national interest. The third German in power, Hitler's vaunted thousand-year Reich. His plans for a new world order. So that's where we end up at the new world order. And who do we have calling for a new world order? We have lots of people calling for a new world order. Wow. Did you all know he wanted that? Hitler and the new world order. That's really interesting. I, I never, never heard of that. But yet, if you look at history, and uh, who is that woman in um, Germany who's supposed to have been Hitler's, like, um, daughter? What was her name? She kept getting the prime minister over, or whoever she was, over and over and over and over. Yeah. That's right. The New World Order. And who do we have, Mr. Klaus Schwab? We have the WEF. We have a lot of presidents who call for a new world order, a lot of nations, a new world order. That's right, Angela Merkel. She, that's, well, that's right. That's right, you all. So it seems as if in 1937, the flying saucer was like a weapon. But then they, um, during the bombing, they moved their stuff into underground tunnels and use slave labor to manufacture their weapons and their craft and remote control things way back then you are so there is a lot of history and i'm, I'm sure we have lots of um man-made flying saucers and other type of craft that would look like it was otherworldly like craft flying around but then i'm sure there's bound to be other otherworldly craft out there other beings other than the ones that are inside the earth that's right so i am going to go you while this was story time with gina and it was hitler's flying saucer the v something and i don't even know what it's called but it's pretty neat it is so um with that being said thank you all for watching and thank you apple brooks and um susan b honey thank you all 
for coming on here. Thank you to all the people who joined. Uh, thank you for the subscribing and thank you for the thumbs up. And uh, with that being said, hello, wherever you are in any part of the world, hello. From my heart to yours, love you. Have a wonderful rest of your evening and um, I will see you tomorrow. Good night. Love you.